0: Hello everyone, this is Lisa Colon DeLay, coming to you as the host of Spark My Muse and with Soul School Lesson 226, Five-Fifths. Before I get into my episode today, I want to tell you that this is the time of year where I celebrate the anniversary of the podcast. This will be seven years with weekly podcasts and sometimes bi-weekly podcasts. So I'm around the 460 mark. I'm so excited to be able to celebrate that. I also want to say that things will be changing around Spark My Muse. I'm not sure how we will move forward in this new year, but please be aware that some of the podcast episodes might be changing. I will be continuing to write, and I have been asked to be a contributor at a magazine, which I will be explaining later in this episode and introducing you to. And I'm doing nonprofit work now in Puerto Rico. I'll be traveling back and forth, from Pennsylvania to Puerto Rico in the next couple months and years and I want to make sure that I have plenty of time for all of these different efforts. I ask that you will come and find out what I'm doing. Go to sparkmymuse.com and follow the links to my new substack page which has more articles and information and photos and I ask that you would give to the GoFundMe that is financially backing these efforts. <laughs> Recently, I was asked by Kevin Robinson to be a contributor for the magazine called Three-Fifths Voice of Clarity. At first, I was fairly reluctant to accept this invitation, and I asked that perhaps someone else might be considered. I have decided to join the team, and I want to tell you about it. I want to tell you what Kevin is up to, something about him, and something about the magazine, and the importance of what this magazine is doing. And what we need to be doing in our world. Kevin Robinson on his Accord One website called Building the Bridge Together, he writes, Christian faith history is one that is inclusive, bridging the gap between God and humankind, along with the one between all people, one to another as individuals and ethnic groups. By, quote, building the bridge together, unquote, over the ethnic-cultural divide, through this blog and with other media, Accord One attempts to challenge Christians and the heterogeneous landscape of our world in a way that requires change from the rambling noise of division into the poetic melody of harmony and unity. Now that's something I can really get behind. The next iteration of Accord One is Three-Fifths Voice of Clarity magazine, which just celebrated its one year anniversary. Each month there is a different theme. In March, it was seasons of refreshing. In that issue, Robinson wrote, the resolve is still alive in the hopes of many, as lengthening days of March serve as a reminder. The faith that still exists in the past souls is still active in Generation Z, Millennials, Gen Xers, Boomers, and beyond. We must take a collective breath, knowing that there is light that shines in the darkness. In these times, Three-Fifths Magazine speaks to and features new methods, leaders, publications, sources, media, Three-Fifths magazine included, etc., in the quest for racial justice. And then are listed these verses. Quote, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. And that's the New Revised Standard Version, Isaiah 58, 11 and 12. I think that's a beautiful piece of scripture to base this vision on. I'd like to speak for just a moment to some of the typical responses that happen in white spaces, as a response to genuine concerns and wanting to help injustice, racial injustice in particular. I get this question a lot because I've written about Black, Indigenous, Latinx, people of color in my book, The Wild Land Within. And I've tried to write my book about decentering the white systems of power that dictate. All sorts of things that we think about, including spiritual formation, which is what my book is about. In a white-centered world, we think everything revolves around the white experience and the white way of seeing the world. And when I say white, I'm not talking about anybody from a particular ethnic background from Europe. I'm talking about a power system that values certain ways people look over other ways, I enjoy when people tell me about their ethnicity and their unique cultural traits and festivals. But white power is something very different. It's based on physical appearance. When people with white privilege ask me what can they do, the first thing I want to tell them is start listening. Be quiet about your own story and don't worry about publishing your confessions or your apologies or how you've recovered from racism. We don't need more of those stories. Those stories continue to center whiteness and white experiences. What we need is for white people to step back, yield the floor, read works by black people, read works by people of color and historically minoritized voices, then promote those works, support those businesses, Put money in the hands of people who haven't had it by supporting what they do in very practical ways and sharing those works with other people in your circles. Do very practical things that help. Don't just go around touting how much you've changed and centering your own story. This is the knee-jerk, instinctual and unconscious reaction of people in the dominant culture. I think most of the time it happens completely unconsciously and not maliciously. But from the outside, it looks and feels like repeated harm and repeated injury. It would be better to not do anything at all than to continue to recenter your own story of recovering racism. Rather, support and amplify voices of people that don't look like you and don't reflect your white privilege. Here's a profile on Kevin Robinson. He says... I have been a pioneer in diversity, having lived it. Being raised in Perry Township, Ohio, as a young child of the first African-American family in the area and school. With all of the negative realities of pre-1970s suburbia serving as a focal point in my life, I chose unity over division. Many years in the making, through a long career as a professional firefighter, achievements getting a bachelor's degree, senior co-pastor and staff pastor, evangelist, consultant, mentor, and mediator to many in the area of multicultural ministry. Along with my wife Beverly, I have established a track record of building up multi-ethnic congregations and in the corporate world. Beverly and I are also authors of the book entitled "Coat of Many Colors. Three-Fifths Voice of Clarity is a direct reference to the Three-Fifths Compromise. The Three-Fifths Compromise was written into the Constitution of the United States of America in 1787. This allowed for Southern slave states to count the slave population as three-fifths in order to bolster the representation in the federal government. This population was apportioned by a mathematical equation that stated that the African population would require five for every three white people, but at the time they had no vote. This was called the Three-Fifths Compromise. And this is a symbolic reality, it's a metaphoric reality, and it's a physical reality that is not easily dismantled. In my opinion, one of the iterations of a modern version of the Three-Fifths Compromise is the Stand Your Grounds Law that we see popping up in different places, especially in Florida. We see the stand your ground law applying to people with white bodies. We don't see it applied to people with black bodies and with brown bodies. And that is because baked in to the Constitution and the framework of people's minds in this country is a white-centered, white-dominant preference that clouds over our laws and our attitudes, that is immoral, it's repugnant, it's disgusting, and it has to be ripped out by the root. Frederick Douglass said, this struggle may be a moral one, or maybe a physical one. It may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. My conscience won't let me stand idly back. I'm part of this struggle. My history is wrapped up in European, indigenous, African, and South American identities and ancestry. I'm multicultural and multi-ethnic, and the future peace of our country in the United States of America is bound up in moving towards shalom and bridge building. And in those ways, I'm extremely aligned with what Kevin is doing with Three-Fifths Voice of Clarity magazine. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, By the thousands, faceless, anonymous, restless young people, black and white, have temporarily left the ivory towers of learning for the barricades of bias. Their courageous and disciplined activities have come as a refreshing oasis in a desert sweltering with the heat of injustice. And I think that is what Kevin Robinson is calling us to do as writers and contributors of Three-Fifths Magazine. I will be leaving a link to Three-Fifths Magazine. I'd like you to check it out. He has a collection of us as writers from a whole bunch of various different backgrounds, and it's important work. So I hope you'll go check it out. I also invite you to be part of my book club, The Wild Land Within. That occurs on Sunday evenings at 7. Join that by going to tiny.cc forward slash WLW. Those are three capital letters, WLW, Wild Land Within. And finally, I leave you with a prayer for social justice. This is found on the website threefifths.online. And it's from the Book of Common Prayer, September 1979. For social justice, grant, O God, that your holy and life giving Spirit may so move every human heart that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today and I wish you blessing and peace.